Hey Bills, lame disclaimer time here. Just reminding you that by making the decision to listen to this, everything that you hear from this point is your own fault. What's going on guys, I'm Josh. And I'm Kate. And this is Pilot, the show you're listening to but you can't be watching TV right now. Could you have actually heard that golf on the mic? You can see it. It's on the fucking thing. Oh, is it? Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going? Oh, yeah. No complaints over here. Really? You've been well, sick for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, my back's still bad, but what are you going to do? What about your stomach bug? Yeah, we're over that now. Yeah. How now are you I'm, going? Now I'm sick. No, I'm okay. Just a bit of a cold because the weather's cold. all fucky. It's pretty crazy. I've we had mud rain for like two days. Yeah, my car's still covered in it. Killing it. We're back. New episode, just like every episode. What do we want to talk about? <laughs> well, I think one of the main things that's happened to us recently is that we are real YouTubers now. I guess you could call us real YouTubers now. <laughs> we got a copyright strike on our latest video. Video on YouTube out now. You can look it up. Yeah, oh my God. What a trip. It was a, a tense few days. You should explain the situation because you're the one that dealt with all the emails and forms and shit that you had to fill out. Essentially what happened was we made this video and it's a review for a film. The film is called Between Worlds. It's a Nicolas Cage movie. It is awful. By all standards, it's a bad movie. Such an insane movie. And I found it really strange that nobody was talking about it online. Like There was no real reviews on YouTube or anything. And I didn't really understand why. Because it's so strange. How did we even come across it? Just We found it on a streaming service and just yeah. watched it, right? We found it on Stan while we were looking for a horror movie to watch. Yeah, yeah. Because we you're really into watching like bad horror movies at the moment. It came up and we are like, well, if Nicolas Cage, horror movie, I'm sure it'll be something. It'll either be really bad or really good. And it was so bad <laughs> that we just needed to talk about it. So we made this video. Again, it's on YouTube. You can watch it right now. Pilot Era Podcast. YouTube channel and have a look for it. And we made it. I edited it. It took fucking ages. What did you say? Like over 20 hours? It would have been over 20 hours. Yeah. yeah. That's like how long a video takes to make. Like all the stuff that people don't even think about. They can take like half an hour, an hour to sort out and get perfect. And And your editing is sick. Like everyone who watches our videos is like, oh my God. It's like a professional video. And I'm like, yeah, well, you'd hope it would be. Josh spent so many hours on this shit. I spent a long time. Uploaded it. What you usually do is you put it on private and then you can publish it at like a easier time. Yeah. And since our internet is really terrible, uh, I usually upload it, put it on private overnight and then you can sort of work it out. Even though it was on private, we got a copyright claim. Got a copyright claim from Lionsgate. Not really Lionsgate. It's like a subsidiary company they pay to find the money by claiming these videos. Mm. It's what everyone does now. Like all the big companies, they just, yeah, they pay companies to just scour through videos. I think they have algorithms as well that like pick up stuff. Oh, they have automatic pickups. Yeah. So if they play like a certain song or there's like, you know, a certain scene from a movie or whatever, it just gets picked up. Yeah, it will. They've got automatic scans. They just sort it out. I mean, it also got claimed for a song that was in the movie. But the thing is that we don't really care if it gets like a copyright claim. Because we don't monetize our videos because yeah. we make them for fun and we couldn't monetize them if we wanted to because 
you need a thousand subscribers and like <laughs> seven thousand hours of watch time, which is probably never going to happen for us. Let's we've be got, honest. Come on, we've got a good solid eight subscribers. <laughs> Mate, I don't usually care if it gets copyright claim. That's not a problem. But what they do when they copyright claim things like movies is that they what they do is they region lock the video. Yeah, which means that it can't be seen in certain countries. And the list of countries it can't be seen in is pretty much every Everything, country. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wouldn't have even cared if they'd said, this is ours, because I'm not going to make anything and it's just for fun and to basically draw people more towards this podcast. Yeah. Since it was locked in every region, I thought, oh, I'll just dispute it. This happens to a lot of people where they'll just sort of get the claim and then they'll give up because it is quite a hard process to go through. Yeah. Like, it's not really that hard, but they try to make it really hard. The, thing, the issue is that it goes to the people who actually made the claim. Yeah. If you're going to do this... <laughs> You have to understand like fair use and what that means and everything. And since it's like a review satire reaction, it's totally fine for us to use footage of the movie. Yeah. We only use footage of the movie that's required to make those reactions. Yeah. So it's totally safe. And the other... It's totally fine. It doesn't replace... Yeah, yeah. The other things is, yeah, it can't replace the original content. Like obviously no one's going to watch our reaction instead of watching the fucking Nicolas Cage movie. No, that's not the point of it at yeah. all. Yeah. And it's transformative. Is that like Transformative the other is the term you want yeah. to use. Yeah. So if you're making like a satire or a reaction, it's transformative. Yeah. There's a lot of disputes they have about that where people like will watch a movie with a little box in the corner of just their face watching it. Yeah. But yeah. then they play like the entire movie anyway. Yeah. And so. they're not really making any like comments or. They're not doing anything. Yeah, exactly. There's no editing. There's no nothing. That's basically just a way to try and put the movie on YouTube to make money. Yeah. Our video, clearly transformative. So dispute the claim and then they have 30 days to come back with, to the claim and say like yes or no. Uh, if they don't do anything, like it just gets released automatically and they can say no. Uh, every time you get a claim from one of these companies, they will say no the first time. Yeah, yeah. 100% of the time. Because what you can do is you can appeal their decision. And what that means is that you actually have to give like more information and you have to agree that like if you're putting in like a false appeal that they can like, you have to tick a box that says they can raise legal action against you yep. if it's a false appeal. And they also ask for like your address yep. and your full, your full name, name and, and like your email and all this sort of shit. Yeah. So people get scared yeah. and they're just like, oh, I don't want to like get lawyers involved. And it's like, well, it, it's not going to get to that point. No. It asks you way more in-depth questions like how much of it did you use? Is it actually transformative? Do you need the movie in there for whatever you're doing? Yeah. And then you've got to put extra comments. So you go through all that and then the extra comments, you can do what I did, which <laughs> is the best thing to do, which is to cite the Kleins versus Matt Hoss. Mm. So the Klein versus Matt Hoss case, which is like the precedent for fair use on YouTube and you just quote it. Obviously, it's transformative. Even the part that they clipped out, and they're like, this section is from our film. And you pl and we played it, and it was like half a second of the movie and then Kate's face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's even in the part they claimed, it wasn't right. And like, if you watched it from the start, you could tell it was wrong, like all this sort of stuff. And then you've got to say like, yes, I agree to this, yes. And I put like not applicable for address because they don't need my address because that's pointless. That yep. means nothing to me. So not applicable and then said like Melbourne and shit, like just get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. And then the next day they came back and they were just like, yep, okay, <laughs> like you can have it. So, we, so we fucking won. <laughs> As we, we should have. We beat the system. Because the thing is that they would have to say like no and then somebody from YouTube would have to like get in on it. Yeah. And then they can get in trouble for, because they're going to be like, well, you don't actually review your, your reverse claims. 
So like they could get a strike against them. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to like just know what you're doing, understand what's happening. It's really simple. It'll be really obvious if you've done the right thing or the wrong thing. But you can always dispute. Always. And the thing is that like the worst thing that can happen, like they can take legal action against you, but in this case they would have nothing. Yeah. They would have no no legal recourse. No lawyer's gonna touch it. And also like we have eight subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> like they can give you they can keep the claim if they have like reasonable ground, which they won't, because it will go to YouTube and they'll say, You don't have reasonable ground. And if you do they do have reasonable ground, they can give you a copyright strike. And if you get like three of them, your then channel your channel gets down. deleted. We have eight subscribers. Yeah, no one cares about our channel. I'll just tell those eight people to go somewhere else. Like yeah, it's fine. We'll just make another channel. <laughs> so always appeal. Yeah. Don't get scared by the secondary appeal if you do make videos and you get claimed yeah, and you know that you're in the right. Just go for it. Like hundred percent. We now we've had legal precedent for a while. Fucking use it. Yeah. I was so happy when we got when it got released. It's just like doing the secondary like appeal is really stressful. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you're like, did I say the right thing? Did I say the wrong thing? Mm. Well, you like, obviously said the right thing. Yeah, but the thing is that, like you said, they just have they pay these companies. The companies get the content and they just automatically scan like yeah. every video yeah. for that particular content, and then they don't even look at it. Yeah, and they're just like, yep, when it's flagged, like part of this movie's in there, shove it along. And because then, they take if your video is monetized, they take all the money. All the money. Yeah. Yeah. So you can still put it out there, but they take all the money. So these these big companies can make a lot of money off these um like you know basic basically farms where they yeah big <laughs> YouTubers the data. they can make a lot of money. But in this case, they didn't want to do that. They wanted to block it in yeah. a bunch of countries, and so I wasn't dumb. having any of that shit. No. So it's still got a claim on it, yeah. but it's for a song that was in there, and they only wanted the money if we monetized it. Yeah, so and that's we're fine. not going to do that. So yeah, whatever, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> but so go yeah, we so win. go watch it. Support us. Support. Um, YouTube and content creators. Um, because, Support you know, the victory. Yeah, because it's just fucked. Like, YouTube just seemed like, I don't know, content is just going to get worse and worse if they keep doing this shit because people are just not going to bother making stuff because they can't monetize it. Yeah. And it gets claimed all the time and it's a fuck around. Yeah. They're trying it's to awful. make it like a really sterile, like, kid-friendly, kid-friendly space yeah. to so, be in. And that's not what it was for. No. And if they keep going this way, like, somebody will make something similar enough that they'll just be gone. Mm-hmm. There'll be a new platform where, like, all the actual content creators go. Yeah. And YouTube will just become, like, for kids or whatever. Which will be a really shit thing for YouTube. Like, I don't know. But they do make a lot of money off kids' channels as well. But they can't now. Oh, because it's exploiting kids. Because you're not allowed to advertise oh, to kids. Oh, my God, I remember that. So they've ch- they've done that positive thing, which is they've changed the rules so that you can't have ads on kids' content mm. because advertising to kids is wrong. And that's why, like, you can't advertise to kids, like... You can do it on TV because you're, like, paying for that time or whatever. Yeah. But advertising specifically to kids you can't do. And they've also... They were doing it, like, in videos, like, telling kids to buy things and, like... Yeah, buy certain making, toys and yeah, shit. Yeah, they're making yeah. kids' content, which is basically ads for yeah. certain toys. Yeah. Like that kid who's one of the biggest YouTubers. Yeah, Alex or something. Yeah. His parents basically, like, just make him review toys on YouTube. Yep. And um, everything's monetized and... Hopefully that kid's going to get some money when he's older or he like he gets his fucking university paid for or whatever. Hopefully they've put it somewhere for him. Yeah. And they're not just pissing it away. Yeah, it always worries me, that kind of stuff. Like, you just don't know. No. They're just exploiting their kids like fucking daddy of five or whatever. Mm. But this is another reason we need reaction channels. <laughs> because 
people did a reaction videos to Daddy of Five and then his kids got taken away, as they fucking should have been. Yeah. So crazy. Well, I was going to say, do you want to talk about Unify? Oh, God. <laughs> do people want to hear this, though? It's, it's a funny story. <laughs> so Unify, if you guys don't know, is a music festival. It's mostly like heavier music. A hardcore and punk. Yeah, yeah. hardcore punk music. Um, we've been like the last four years in a row, I think. Yep. The weather is always fucking shocking. It sure is. But this year, it just set a new precedent because it was insane. Yep. We basically got there on the Friday. We managed to set up our tent and everything, no problems. But then there were all these people walking around, like, giving out all these warnings about the weather. Like, oh, there's going to be 65 kilometer an hour winds. Like, it's going to rain like crazy. And at this point, the music was supposed to have started. It was like 2.30 or something. Went to the stages. Nothing was happening. The main stage was blocked off and they were building another stage <laughs> underneath the, um, they've got like this, you know, circus tent thing where they have a bar and you can hang out in there. So they're building a stage over like, what the hell is going on? Spoke to a couple of people and they're like, yeah, the music's been delayed because of the weather. But we, there was nothing happening at that time. We were like, what the hell? It's not even raining. Like it was like spitting. There was no wind. Yeah. But then suddenly <laughs> everything went to shit. The winds picked up, the rain picked up. Yeah. All the music got delayed. Because they couldn't, they couldn't be on the main stage. It was just too dangerous because yeah, it was outdoor. so windy, and all the equipment was wet. Uh, so yeah, obviously massive safety risk. Um, so Josh and I ended up just going into our tent because it was like the weather was fucked, um, and then our tent started basically falling apart. Yep. So we sat in the tent for over two hours, just holding the tent pole so they didn't snap and the tent didn't fall in. And it yeah. was raining so hard and at such an angle that the tent just flooded while we were in there. Yeah, so we were just soaking wet, holding up the tent poles. One of them split down the middle. Yeah. It didn't actually... Br- like, they're pretty strong. Like, I know we had to hold them up, but if it was a shit tent, we would have been fucked. Yeah. This is like a... I don't know how much we pay for this tent. Like, 200 bucks something. Yeah, something. Like, decent. But yeah, it, it stayed up, <laughs> even though we had to hold it up for like two hours and get soaking wet. Yep. Yeah, we both got pre pissed off and over it to be honest yep i went to sleep at seven o'clock yeah josh went to bed he's like fuck this we're leaving tomorrow and i was like i was trying to be a bit more optimistic i was like oh it's gonna be fine and then i just ended up you were the one who brought up leaving yeah (laughs) don't put it on me (laughs) but then i just kind of ended up um i stayed up and i went to the stages it kind of calmed down the weather a little bit later on i just went to the stage like but i was really bored because the music was real like just sporadic you didn't know when anything when anything was going to come on yeah so i ended up just standing like at the stages waiting for music like just drinking by myself because you were asleep i was so fucking bored i was just chatting to people on facebook like (laughs) it was so shit what was the band that played on the first night on the main stage was it architects yeah oh so you missed architects i missed architects yeah because i was asleep shit yeah, so eventually they ended up drying off the stage and Architects played on the main stage. And that was actually really good. But that was the only band that played on the main stage that day. So then the next day they had to try and fit all the bands in that couldn't play yeah, so on they the cut, first day. Cut 10 minutes off every set. Yeah. And they had the second stage and they just have like main stage, second stage, main stage, second stage for the whole yeah. day. Which actually worked out really well. Like they they must have been shitting bricks, the organisers. Like, yeah. Like, oh my God, everyone's going to complain, ask their money back. But they really pulled it together. Like, you've got to give them credit. They did really well. They built a fucking stage, managed to sort it out so that all the bands got to play. None of the bands got pissy and left. Like, they obviously looked after the bands pretty well. So the second day was actually great. Obviously, we didn't end up leaving. We were like, let's stick it out. Let's see how it goes. 
Um, it did rain a little bit, but it wasn't bad. I was like spitting a tiny yeah. bit. Um, and we ended up just kind of taking everything out of our tent and trying to dry stuff out. So that was fun. <laughs> All my clothes got wet because, um, yeah, my bag was like on the floor. We basically had like a puddle, like a huge puddle yeah. underneath our mattress. Good times. <laughs> it was interesting, but we had a good time. Yeah, and of course we're like in a shitty mood because it's it's raining and the weather's terrible, but you also had to think like, okay, well, this rain is good for our country. At the moment, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, couldn't complain too much. Ends up being an okay weekend. Yeah, I got the stomach flu. Oh yeah, and then Josh (laughs) got the stomach flu. Like, we got back on Sunday afternoon and then, yeah, Josh has been sick since then. I don't know what happened. Like, you must have eaten something weird or... Well, we ate basically the same thing yeah. as each other, but there was one thing I ate that you didn't eat. The tacos? It was like this chicken taco thing. Yeah. And it took like less than 30 seconds to come out to me. Yeah. The chicken might have been sitting there for a little bit. Yeah. So, don't know. Can't blame them because I don't 100% know. But Or someone just had a bug and just gave it to you. Yeah. But I spent an entire week at home. Not ideal. No, it wasn't great fun. It's sort of over now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You'll be alright. Oh, I'm not going to die. It's going to be chill. Oh, one day you will. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, we haven't even mentioned that it's um, fucking Invasion, invasion day, day weekend. Yeah, we've got, we got a public holiday tomorrow, which is pretty sweet. Three thank day God, because these like two days just flew for some reason. Probably because I had a week off. Yeah. For me, it hasn't really flown. Because I feel like I've done a lot of stuff. You have done a lot of stuff. Yeah. You've met some new cats. Oh, you've done some dancing. Yeah, it's Korean. been a pretty good weekend for you. Learning Korean, smashing it, mate. I'm trying. Seems like you're smashing it. Thanks, Bulls. Trying to better yourself. That's what it's all about. I mean, it's cool because like now I feel like I can I can read words. Well, that's awesome in Korean. Yeah, but then do I know what those words mean? No, doesn't matter. But like once... That's the first half. The first yeah. half is being able to read it, mate. Yeah. You just, you're able to read it and make the sounds and then you just have to like basically learn vocabulary. Yeah. And grammar and stuff, which I think will be difficult. But it's cool because like a lot of... Um, there's a lot of loan words from English. Sometimes you can read the characters and it just sounds like the English word and that's what it means. Like an, one that we did the other day was like radio or something like that. I can't remember how you say it. Ra- radio or something. And it's radio. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like I can read that, those Korean like... <laughs> characters and it's like I know what it means it's so cool and like idol names and like um, k-pop group names like you can read them now I can read them you are killing it all right it's really cool I'm really enjoying it and soon you'll be pro mate yeah fluent I doubt it but I think it will take a, many many years to be fluent in Korean but you got a year yeah hopefully I'm um, going to go to Seoul next year yeah you'll be able to speak the language it'll be crazy gonna say we could talk about um the jason movie we watched last night but that's gonna be our next video so maybe we'll stop talking about dropping hints mate well why not yeah we get excited guys we do have a plan for our next video yeah we won't reveal too much but it will essentially be about jason boys yeah <laughs> so <laughs> because like he's basically taken over our life right now i love it it's so good <laughs> <laughs> um planning my um machete tattoo thank god for that yeah I don't know if if it will be taken wrong, though. I don't think so. Because I, I don't know if I want to get, like, a weapon tattooed on my body, but it's, like, it's not about the weapon. Yeah. It's about, like, the cinema. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Well, people... We'll think about it. People are going to assume, with all of your other tattoos, 
if you've got a machete on you that it means that like oh you're a murderer She's like, oh, she's a murderer, even though she's got a Captain Toad tattoo. (laughs) It's so funny because I have so many, like, cutesy tattoos. Like, Pokemon, like, Nintendo characters, like, flowers and, like, cats and shit. And then it's just, like, machete. Yeah. (laughs) So I think, worst case scenario, it'll raise questions. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that's... Well, actually, I don't really like people asking about my tattoos that much, but... It is a weird thing, isn't it? Where, like, you get them. And you like having them, but when people ask you about them, you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's now I've got to like weird. explain to you why I got it because of how I feel about something. Yeah. So I've got to explain my feelings to you. to you. Yeah. It's quite a personal thing, especially if people don't have their own tattoos or under- really understand like the meaning of tattooing. It's like, they don't get it. Yeah. So you just sound like a bit of a loser when you're explaining it. It does feel that way. Yeah. yeah. That's why like every time people ask me, I try to give them like really short answers. Yeah. Because like. It's not worth going into like a 20 minute discussion about it because mm. they're just like, whoa, what's that? Like, why'd you get it? What does it mean? But they don't even care when you tell them. Yeah. They just lose interest in like 10 them. seconds. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to and them. And you're just like, well, all right. And some of mine are just like, they don't really have any meaning. It's like, oh, why did you get a martini glass? I don't know. Because I, I like drinking and I thought it looked cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. <laughs> why did you get a fucking skunk holding a heart? I don't know. I, thought it looked cool yeah because it's cute it's cute and you're smelly (laughs) hey (laughs) oh i can't dispute that though (laughs) but yeah it is a weird thing it is a very weird thing stop asking people just tell them it's cool but then with some people i do like showing them my tattoos like close like close friends i don't mind yeah but it's not about it's like acquaintances yeah it's people you don't really know and it's like you're just meeting for the first time and talking about like oh what do you do for a living where do you where do you live like what's your shit yeah. And they're like, oh, you have tattoos? And it's yeah. like... Tell me the philosophical meaning behind <sighs> all of your tattoos and who you are as a person, even though I don't know you. Yeah. To your friends, it's quite nice, but... But they'll usually see them as you get them. Yeah, that's true. Like, my my real friends always ask me, like, what tattoos have you got recently? And they're, like, actually excited to see them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we're due. No, totally. We've got to get the Your Mate ones as well. We've got to get the Your Mate ones. Yeah. Maybe that'll be the next one. But I don't want to just get that. Like, if I'm going to get that, I'll get something else as well. I think I've got to call Kane and book in, like, a couple of hours and just get, like, little shit knocked Some over. Some little stuff done. Because, like, yeah. he's not going to want to do it. It's going to be boring. Yeah. But, like, it'll also be money. Yeah. And then I can get all this little shit knocked off my list real quick. Because you do, like, three of them. I can like, imagine how um, Kane would do the machete, and I think it will look cool. Because yeah. he'll put blue in it. And he'll do his, like, and, like really... And, blood drips. Yeah, and he'll do his, like, wood grain patterning oh, yeah, on the, the handle and patterning. shit yeah because he's awesome at that yeah i think he'd do a really good job at that actually yeah i actually was talking to him the other day actually this is probably not good content <laughs> <laughs> i'll skip talk to you about it later yeah skip it All it right. was more just like i wanted to tell you something and then i'm like oh wait we're we're recording a podcast <laughs> sometimes i forget and i'm like oh i'm just having a chat with you yeah it's good <laughs> that's how it's supposed to be there's gonna be people out there now who are gonna be like what was she gonna say <laughs> It wasn't very exciting. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get now. Let's get into yeah, the main event. We've had two We're false, two false yeah. starts. Two let's do it. Classic, classic cash, mate. So this week we thought we've got a lot of sort of input from other people saying that we might get stuck in a little bit of a trap where mm. we end up watching just sort of new stuff that we don't really like. Yeah, just and shit that's kind of boring and, like, no one really cares. Yeah, and I... I, I understand that. Totally understand that, and I've felt that way 
on and off while mm. we've been doing this. Mm. But stuff keeps coming up that we want to watch based on like a trailer yeah. or like a review or something. And then you end up watching it and it's fucking boring or dumb. And then they're sort of like, do we have to watch it? Like, yeah. oh, is this like we're supposed to watch stuff? I think we've fallen into a trap of being like just doing stuff because we feel we are supposed to rather than like stuff we want to do for yeah. fun. So yeah. in this episode, I thought we'd go back and we revisit two shows that I love so much <laughs> and I don't think that people talk about them enough and I feel like they deserve like more attention and more credit than they get. Like nobody yeah. ever talks about them. I feel like there might be a slight reason for that, but we can get into that. <laughs> we can, but... It might just be like my comedy versus other people's yeah, comedy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And like, you know, where I was at the time when they came out and like yeah. all sorts of stuff. And like one of them we watched like, yeah, it's problematic. Oh, Parts God. of it are problematic now. But it's still handled in a way that is so funny. These are just two fantastic shows. And I'm not like, it's not just like certain episodes are great. Both of the entire shows are brilliant. Mm. And you can talk to people about them and a lot of people won't have even heard of them. And, a, like, a lot of people who have seen them are like, oh, I've seen one episode or whatever. And then they sort of forget about them and they didn't go back to watch them. So we're putting their names out there. You should go and watch them. I would say they're kind of cult classic-y, right? A little bit, yeah. But I can never find that those cult people. <laughs> I never seem to come across There's them. There's not a lot of them, yeah. No. So first we want to give a quick shout-out to our new friend, Thomas. We hear you, mate. Yeah, boy. We've seen your emails. We really appreciate them. We really appreciate all your suggestions. We'd love for other people to send in their suggestions for pilots they want us to watch. They will go... The window has been open this entire time. (laughs) Yes. They will go into our pile, into our list, and when we do these catch-up episodes or episodes of classic shows... They'll definitely be in there eventually. Hopefully we, we can we can get round to reading all the emails. Like we just received so many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From like CBNs and shit trying to like get us to join their podcasting group. Oh my God. So that they can find us monetization for the 25 listens or whatever we get. But yeah, we were kind of in- inspired by Thomas for this episode because a lot of the stuff that he recommended was like animation stuff. Really classic animations. Yeah. And so we... But they were all quite, like, friendly, family-friendly. They were very family-friendly, yes. Whereas the ones that we're going to talk about today are definitely uh, not safe for work. Definitely not. But, Thomas, we know you like a mate, so get onto these. I don't know how old he is, though. <laughs> it's like, we probably shouldn't be telling this kid to watch Life and Times of Tim if no, he's, watch like, him. 14 years old. Fucking watch him, mate. <laughs> if, you, if he's listening to this, we say worse shit. That's true. So, fucking watch him. They're definitely <laughs> worth it. Right. Just don't let your mum see. So I want to email us back and be like, Guys, I'm like 25. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm in my 20s. Dude, I'm in my 20s. Reference. Reference humor. It's always funny. <laughs> I'm going to close the window. So, I bet you're absolutely chopping at the bit to know what these shows are, even though Kate gave one of them away. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Not the order I wanted to do, but we'll work it out. So, the two shows we're going to cover are the Adult Swim classic, absolute classic, Metalocalypse, and a totally hidden gem. That has like a great rating on IMDb and like Nick Grohl's in it and stuff. Life and Times of Tim. So these are two animations. I don't actually know who makes Life and Times of Tim, but who gives a fuck? It's brilliant. <laughs> we'll find out. So we'll start with Metalocalypse because it's the shorter one. <laughs> Metalocalypse. 
um, this is your your baby. So <laughs> I've been following this show since it came out. We'll do like a brief overview of the show because it's... <laughs> the concept is weird. The concept is really strange. So genius. So it's made by uh, a guy named Brendan Smalls. And he is like a fantastic guitarist and like death metal vocalist and stuff. He thought that death metal wasn't like in the public sphere as much as it should be. And it wasn't as like relatable as it actually is. Yeah. Because a lot of people in those circles are really like gatekeepy about it. It's broken up as well into like a lot of different segments and like the different segments hate each other and all that stuff. Yeah, like I say a lot of... You know, people who aren't into that scene think of it all as like one thing. Yeah. Like, oh, metal music. And it's like, no, there's actually so many subgenres and everyone hates each other. It's it, so dumb. Exactly. But it also takes itself so seriously a lot of the time. Like you get some bands that are sort of like the comedy bands, but yeah. nobody really knows. Do <laughs> yeah. But nobody really knows who they are. Yeah. Except for people who are in the scene. And then a lot of the people in the scene hate them because they're a comedy band. Yeah. So he made this show. Metalocalypse about a death metal band called Death Clock. And essentially they're so popular that the entire economy of the world <laughs> revolves around them. So like one of their albums doesn't get released, like it gets delayed and like people start like killing themselves at the front of record stores and like the economy plummets and like they perf- in this episode they perform like a coffee jingle for a coffee company and it shuts down every other coffee company in the world yeah. like straight away uh, so many people like just die at their shows because it's so hardcore and it's so badly organized because they're just so over the top like they live in a floating castle that's shaped like a dragon like <laughs> they are the richest people in the world and the most famous people in the world in this universe it's Norway right no, it's like America. Oh, I thought they like were from Norway so, or something. Uh, yeah, one of them's from Finland and one of them's from Norway. Oh, okay. Um, but like the other three are like Americans. Why are so many like good metal artists from like those countries? Uh, it's cold and it's more popular. Okay. So they're more depressed because it's more cold. <laughs> and they don't get the sun. And they don't get the sun. Kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. And also it's more popular there because I guess it just is more popular there. Yeah, a lot of talent comes out of those countries. Yeah. The other thing about this band is that everybody in it is incredibly, incredibly stupid. (laughs) Because they haven't had to, like, do anything, they've just been Mm. popular forever. So they are some of the dumbest guys. (laughs) So you've got uh, Toki and Squizgard are, like, the guitarists. And they are, like, apparently the two, like, best guitarists in the world. Like, amazing. And then uh, Pickles, who's the drummer who has, like, red dreads, <laughs> and he's just, like, a substance abuser. You've got, like, William Murderface, the bass player. He is, is like, so annoying. I'm he's, sorry. He's awful. He's awful in the whole thing. I like, like all the other guys, but he really pissed me off. Yeah, he's fat, and his, like, voice is annoying, and he's just, like, so destructive and shit. Uh, and then the lead singer, <laughs> Nathan Explosion. Oh, I like him. Who never learned to talk normally. So he speaks in a death metal growl all the time yeah. because he can't speak like a normal person. He never learned to do it. So he didn't, I think the story is he didn't speak until he was like 12 years old and that's just in like a death metal growl. Yeah, right. So he always speaks a death metal growl 100% of the time. And it is so funny, <laughs> the stuff they come up with. It's just, it, it's very adult swim. It's like just overly ridiculous. It is, yeah. To the point that it's like, a little cringe, but it works still. 
it can be a little bit cringe. A bit later, Brendan works it out. He works out like what area his like comedy is yeah, okay. and where they intersect with like these characters. So it takes a little while to get into the groove. Kind Maybe of like half of the first season. Yeah. Okay. So it does the classic like first time animation adult swim thing where you can barely understand <laughs> what these dudes are saying. Yeah. That was one of the things that like really got me about it. I think it's I a just real. Didn't hear half the fucking dialogue. Yeah. It's a real stopping point for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Because they'll watch the first episode and say, I couldn't understand like anything that was happening. The jokes don't really hit because I can't hear yeah, them. Yeah. And the jokes are so funny. The story essentially for the first episode is that like all their chefs are cursed. They have so many servants, like an entire basically city of people lives on this floating dragon castle that they own called Mort House. And they're called the Gears. So they're the Gears and the Death Clock are all these guys. And they all wear like executioner masks. Yeah. Like all the, but there's that. like such a range of people. Like most of the ones you see are just like buff dudes, but there's like in one episode, there's this really old lady one who, tra- who has <laughs> to teach, who has to teach Nathan like uh, maths so he can get his GED and shit. Like, so there's a whole range of them and they just die like all the time, just from either the guys just doing stupid shit or like people trying to break into their house and stuff. Like, they die all the time. Yeah, well, some guy fell off a roof and, like, impaled himself on a spire Yeah, just in the, in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they die all the time. And it's just, like, a thing. They, they get brainwashed and go through training. And, like, the last part of their training is they've got to, like, fight to the death so only half of them God. ever get in and shit. Like, it's insane. <laughs> but that's all, like, orchestrated by, like, their manager, who is one of the best characters. We haven't seen him yet. You don't see in the first episode. But he is an insane person. <laughs> so metal. He's so good. I don't even know how much I've seen of this because I remember like back when we first started dating, like a long time ago, we watched a bit of it together. Yeah. I sort of rewatch it every year. Yeah. There's a one point about every year where I rewatch it because it's so funny. I'd like to watch a bit more of it, I think. Um, I would be more than I happy think... to do that because I fucking love this <laughs> I think shit. I've only seen certain episodes that you've shown me like over the years. We can watch like, it from the start. Probably would have been great. about four or five years ago I watched any of them, so I can't remember. Trust me, their voices get more clear. <laughs> I hope so. Like... Yeah, I felt like I was missing a lot of stuff. And we turned the volume up super high. And it's not... It's just unintelligible. Yeah. They just mix the the sounds really wrong. So for a lot of it... And there they is all have like, weird accents as well. They do. And there's a lot of metal playing like a lot of the time. Mm. So it can like be quite distorted and it's quite hard. But if you catch the jokes in the first episode, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did laugh a few times. Yeah, you will. Essentially, the first episode is that the chefs are cursed. They get a new chef. They do the show, which is just, they, so. Oh my God, I loved so much. (laughs) They play the show, which is like in like a mountain range. So it's a huge space, all these people. Uh, They have to sign waivers to say like, if they die or get maimed, it's like fine. So death looks fine. And all these people do it and like rock up to this thing. And they're going to play this concert. They're going to play one song and it's a coffee jingle for this coffee place, Duncan Hills. Yeah. So they rock up on a helicopter and they get dropped out of the helicopter by in this giant cube. So the entire stage is in this cube. And the cube's, like, got spikes on it and shit. And it's got, like, a drop zone. So there's all these people standing around the drop zone. And they drop the cube <laughs> out of the helicopter. And it misses the drop zone by heaps. And then all the sides of the cube with spikes, like, fall down to open to the stage. So heaps more people <laughs> so die. So many yeah. people die. Like, hundreds of people would have died. Yeah. I mean, it sounds awful, but, like... It's, it's so an animation, funny. so they get away with it. It's funny. Yeah, it's so funny. And then they play the song, and then they pour, like, scalding hot coffee on the ground, <laughs> and their faces just start melting off and shit. Like... So metal. It is it is so funny. 
But during that, one of the fireworks displays goes wrong and it goes into the helicopter and it, the chef gets pushed up into the helicopter blades <laughs> and he gets diced. How did they recover all the pieces of him? That's this, ridiculous. This is, yeah, this is, this is Metalocalypse. It's crazy. So they recover all the pieces and they put them all on life support machines to keep him alive. But because they've been famous for so long and they're so like intelligibly dumb, they can't make food for themselves. So yeah. there's a scene where Squiz Guy's got like a coffee filter full of coffee and he's just trying to shove it into a toaster. Yeah. He doesn't know how to make coffee. We get all this free coffee and they didn't give any, any instructions on how to cook it. Yeah. <laughs> They've got no idea what's happening. So they have to go to the supermarket, which they call the food library because they don't know what it is, to all buy ingredients to make a meal for themselves. And they have no idea what's going on. Like the best part is Nathan goes to the deli to get sausages <laughs> And he doesn't know how to do it. So he just puts his face up against the glass and just pushes it forward until the glass breaks. And there's just shards of glass like all up his arm and in his face so he can grab three sausages. And then he's supposed to get like two cups of rice. So he pours rice out of the bag into like a measuring cup and just pours it through into the the trolley. trolley. (laughs) Like they've got no idea what's going on. It's so funny. And then they end up leaving all the food at the supermarket at the end. Yeah. And they can't decide what to do. It's so funny. they just sew the guy back together. <laughs> they sew the chef back together on and their own. So scary. <laughs> and he's the chef for them for like two seasons. Really? He's in it for ages. No way. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It's such a great show. And just like their interactions and like all their individual personalities and like how they relate to each other is become so well built like Brendan just nails it but he like he does all the guitar like he plays all the guitar he does Nathan's voice like he is and he does well he does like a few of their voices yeah but he does all of Nathan's like vocals and shit like he is amazing he did a few like videos on YouTube and he's like I'm gonna teach you how to play like these certain songs but he's so good that he's just like oh so um I'm like not gonna baby you if you're here and you want to learn this song, hopefully you're at like a level where you can follow what I'm doing. And then he's just like, (laughs) like he is crazy. (laughs) He's so good, but he's just like this old bald bloke. Yeah. There's not even a picture of him on IMDb. Actually. I was just trying to find a picture of him. It's like, he's just got one of the avatar blank avatars. Yeah. He's great. All of this, like it does improve. Don't get caught up on the first episode. If you want to watch it, Mm. because it does get more intelligible from there. It will become clearer. It doesn't take him very long. Yeah. And then once you get like to a certain point, you can go back, watch the first episode. You'll understand like everything that's happening. So I would give it a fucking 10 out of 10. (laughs) Wow. You've already gotten to ratings. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great show. Like I really like it. I know it's one of your favorites. So like you, you want to get a tattoo as well. Yeah. Like the death clock logo, right? It's not, it's like, so they don't really have a logo. So all the gears get branded. So they've got like a, there's like a thing for that. And a lot of people get that tattoo. The gears are the people that work for the them. The people who work yeah. there. So they have like a brand on the back of their neck. Oh God. Um, and I don't want that. And that's what a lot of people get. I do not want that at all. But there's like, there's the death clock, which is like what their band is, but like it's sort of a thing that exists, but it doesn't. And it's part of it is like two gears inside each other with like um, old grandpa, like grandfather clock arms yeah, like yeah, yeah. coming down. Yeah. You've shown me a picture of it. It's really yeah. cool. So I think if I got somebody to like, change it a bit to make it look a bit longer and a bit nicer it'd be yeah. really good to get so yeah, i'm excited cool. did you want to have a little bit of a guess what this has on imdb oh it would have like a shit score people hate it really <laughs> no oh. <laughs> i reckon i have like a 7.6 out of 10 8.2 that's pretty good from fifteen thousand reviews it is so funny 
and like it gets crazier later like they try to make everything so metal that stuff goes wrong so like they get these things like called the death phones and they're like mobile phones but they are just covered in spikes they design them when they're like really drunk (laughs) so they get these phones and the phones only call each other Right. So they bought like a mobile network so they could call each other on these ugly ass phones. And there's like a thing where Toki puts it up to like his head and he's like, it hurts my face. <laughs> it's just covered in spikes. There's so many things that are just gems in the show. And like the first episode as a pilot for the show, like it doesn't do it justice. Yeah. But it's got like the mood down. I like listening to you talk about this. You're so passionate about it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, it's, no, it's I like think one it's, of your favorite things. I think it's really, shows. yeah, really like skimmed over by a lot of people because of like. I think people wouldn't watch it if they weren't really into metal music. But you don't have to be. No, oh, I know that, but I think it probably scares people off. It might do, but it, it is just a theme in the show that pushes it forward. Yeah. And it lets you have these characters. I mean, realistically, Brennan's released three albums of these guys. So there are three Death Clock albums that exist. That's so cool. And they are great. And all of their songs are so dumb. Like, because <laughs> you listen to Death Clock a bit, right? Yeah, because the songs are amazing. There's, Brendan knows how to write death metal music really well. It's so trippy that it's a fucking animated show about a metal band, but then they release actual music yeah. in our world. Three really successful <laughs> it's albums. It's so trippy. Yeah, it's great. But a lot of the lyrics are really stupid. Like, so one of their biggest songs is like it's called blood recruited and it's about like yeah (laughs) and it's about like a guy who gets like mistaken for like somebody who's getting hunted down so he like runs to a field where there's like electrical cables and then he's like oh blood's like water and then he like cuts his wrist open and like sprays the blood so the people get electrocuted but then he loses too much blood and dies (laughs) and that's a song yeah and there's like so there's so many weird ones there's like um there's one about how college is like a waste of money. Mm-hmm. So it's called Go Forth and Die. And it's like <laughs> about, I think it's about like Brendan's college experience. It's accurate. Like spend all this money. It's <laughs> fucking accurate. Yeah. But they're so well constructed. Like the music is great. The actual show is so funny. Like I think it deserves a lot more attention than it gets. So you're actually going to give it a 10 out of 10. This is the first time I've ever given any, you've ever given anything a 10 out of 10. But I'm getting to pick something that I already love. Yeah. I think you love it a lot more than me. I like it. I think yeah. it's good. The story gets, like, way more in-depth Yeah, well. I think I'll like it when I watch it more. But for the pilot, I'm going to go an 8 out of 10 for the pilot. That's pretty good. It can be really polarizing, the pilot. Yeah, but as if I wouldn't like it. Yeah, exactly. But it, I'm it, kind of target audience. But it really can be. Like, yeah. if, you, if you watch that, someone was like, this is a great show, but, like, you've got to... If somebody didn't said just said, this is a great show, watch it, and then you just watch the pilot, <laughs> this you'd be is like, fucked. <laughs> I don't know what, like, I can't understand yeah. it. Like, it's really strange. It's, like, a lot to deal with. But if you can get through, like, the first, I don't want to say get through, because it's still fantastic. It's mm. just not mixed very well. No, it's quick, too, because, like, all the episodes are, like, 10 minutes long. So yeah. just fucking push through a few and then see if you like it. Yeah, so I think Brendan wrote it to be a bit longer, and then they had to, like, compress it down, and then the vocal, like, the voices aren't mixed great. Yeah, right. But... When they clean it up, it's so funny. The other window's open too. Is it? Yep. Fucking hell. <laughs> Whatever. There's some ambient noise in the background. You can just deal with it. <laughs> I think it's the guy next door with his pugs. Oh, that's cute. Oh, so cute. Yeah, go over there and have a little piss. Do you want to Should... move on to the next one? Yeah, let's move on to the next one. 
So this one's one that we both love. But when we rewatched it, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't remember it being this awful. Yeah. <laughs> like, not awful as in, like, it's a bad show. Like, awful as in, like, the subject matter is just fucked. I am going to close the window because now there's a pug just, like, Yeah, screaming. there's a pug, like, crying outside. Yeah, some of the subject matter and the way that they deal with it, I guess, <laughs> and use it for comedy is, like, a bit on the nose now. Yeah, and I think it would make a lot of people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just certain things in certain episodes. Really, the the sec So, each episode is two episodes, Yeah, yeah, two short stories. Two short things. stories. And the second one, the very second one, is like a lot. Yeah. And we'll go, we'll go through it. And it's it's still funny. It is still funny, but... It's a, a lot. lot. It's a lot. So, this is Life and Times of Tim. No matter how struggle and strive I'll never get out of this world alive. It is a show that I just randomly came across when I was at uni and I'd never heard of it and I've never heard anybody talk about it and like all the people I've told to watch it are just and who actually do think it's amazing. So it's essentially about this guy named Tim who has like I don't know if it's anxiety, but he really struggles to explain all the things that happened to him. Yeah. And it's one of those really great shows where, like, things just escalate. But it's quite believable the pace at which they escalate these things. And it's just because this guy cannot explain what is happening. Or he just gets in a situation with people who he can't talk to about certain things. I really like those kind of shows where fairly mundane situation just escalates to the point of absurd absurdity. Yeah, but the thing about it is that Tim is not an unrelatable character either he is the most normal character and he just gets stuck in these situations i can definitely relate to him yeah and but he tries to deal with it he just doesn't try to explain it yeah yeah. so people will be saying things over him and the stuff that he's saying in the background (laughs) is so funny and so relatable he's just like let's not do this let's no let's stop let's stop and listen and nobody does I feel like I relate to him because I really don't like having conflict with people. Yeah. And it seems like he's very much like that. Like, he just wants to make people happy, wants to avoid conflict and try and, like, get out of things without really making an effort, in a way. Yeah. So he struggles a lot. Yeah. But it, the situations he get into are brilliant. So we'll go through the first episode of the... Well, the first story of the first episode. So the first thing that I happens... I like the first episode. The first episode is very funny. Yeah. So he's going to meet his girlfriend's parents for the first time. They've been on a cruise together and then they're going to come and have dinner with him and then they're going to go stay in a hotel. While they've been away, Tim has called what he thinks is an electrician to come and fix something for him that he needs fixed like right now because they're coming. But he accidentally calls a prostitute (laughs) and they come to the house and it's him sitting on the couch talking to this prostitute because he's trying not to be rude to her. So the show starts with... The girlfriend and the parents rocking up to the house and Tim's sitting on the couch talking to this prostitute. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, like, he's a pretty nice dude. He's just, like, quite oblivious and doesn't know how to deal with situations. Yeah. So he's always just trying to please everyone and yeah. be nice. So he couldn't just tell this, like, woman to, like, fuck off. Yeah, he couldn't. He's just like, oh, well, I guess we'll just hang out on the couch and have a chat. Yeah, and she <laughs> becomes, like one of his really good friends yeah. through like the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. They're just really good mates. It's so good. So she rocks up and then his like in-laws and girlfriend rock up and his girlfriend, his girlfriend is like quite accepting of like the way he is. Like, I think she kind of gets 
what's happening. Oh yeah, all the time. So yeah. this stuff just happens to him, and he can't talk his way out of it. And she just knows. She's like, she... like what the fuck, babe? Like, yeah. what what is happening? Yeah, so it happens all the time. So. <laughs> She is really, really accepting. She's really accepting. Because like, even though she's like, what the fuck? This is fucked up. She's just like, this is just classic fucking Tim. Yeah, shit just happens to and this guy. And they still stay together the whole time, even though all this crazy shit happens. Yeah, it's so great. Instead of trying to explain what's happened, he just like ignores the fact that there's a prostitute yeah, there. Yeah. And he starts talking to her parents. About <laughs> shrimp. About shrimp. <laughs> and how the, cruise. The, how the cruise was and stuff. And they're just sort of like, uh... <laughs> So his girlfriend says, get rid of her. They go into the kitchen to make meatloaf. And then he try. And she's like, you owe me $300 for like this transaction. And he's like, but nothing happened. It was just a mistake. So she calls her pimp. <laughs> he tells Maurice. His, Maurice. And he tells his girlfriend and stuff that the prostitute's going to stay and the pimp is coming for dinner. <laughs> As if it's going to happen. So they just leave. Uh, the pimp comes and Tim's able to convince him to like take his clothes Instead of, like, the money that Tim doesn't have because yep. he didn't order a prostitute. He's just trying to get an electrician. So he's able to convince the pimp that he looks really obvious, like he's actually a pimp. And from that, in like, a, you know, the typical, like, yeah, a fur, fur jacket, like, and a like cane and stuff. In, yeah. And he convinces him that, like, he could have a better life if he wore, like, better clothes. So Tim gives him his clothes and Maurice leaves. But Debbie, the prostitute, stays <laughs> to have meatloaf yeah, with him for dinner. That. And then, uh, so he's in his underpants and he's like, should I go put clothes on? She's like, no, it's fine. Like, I'm totally used to like people being in their underwear around me. And he's like, okay. And she's like, well, you're the only person who's ever treated me like, like a human. So do you mind if I give you like a peck on the cheek or whatever? And he's like, oh, I guess that's like pretty innocent. Yeah. And she sits on his lap and starts like making out with him. And then they fall over and then his girlfriend shows up. So he's like naked on the floor with a prostitute on top of him. And his girlfriend comes home. Just like the escalation, like everything is so innocent with him. Yeah. But it's just construed so poorly by someone who wasn't there at the time. Yeah. And I just think, yeah, as you said, it's so relatable. Like this shit happens in real life (laughs) where people just catch you out in these really awkward situations and you're like, oh, no, no, I I can explain. (laughs) But he does not explain. No. And he doesn't, he never acts... Like that. He's never like, uh, uh, uh. He just straight up is just like, I understand what's happening. So I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> and we're just going to like, it's just, everybody knows what's happening, even though nobody understands what's happening oh, at I all. just realized who Nick Kroll is. What's he from? He's in a lot of things. He's yeah, he's like, like a, a really, really famous, famous comedian. comedian. Yeah. Stu. Yeah. He plays Stu, which is uh, Tim's best friend. Yeah. The guy who he works with. So. Uh, or we haven't seen him. Was he yeah, in these episodes? So, uh. Well, so that's the first episode. Yeah. So the second episode is about... Well, the second story in the first episode is about a bachelor party for this guy, Rodney. So Rodney is... A fuckwit. He, well, yeah, he is a fuckwit. He's like a stereotypical, like, sort of Italian, like, blokey bloke. Um, and he is... Uh, getting married to some broad. <laughs> he does say getting married to some broad. But he works... What does he do? He's like the bo- the company that they work for. He's the boss's like secretary. Secretary, yeah. And he invites Tim to go to his bachelor party because he's like getting married to some broad. So him and his best friend Stu. So Stu's played by Nick Kroll. Stu is amazing. He's so funny, yeah. He is the best character in the show. Like there's some stuff that he says and does. Like there's an episode where Tim has to live with him for a bit. And it turns out that Stu has night terrors 
And he's like, if I have night terrors, like, put your wallet in my mouth. And Tim's just like, why can't I put your wallet in your mouth? And he's like, no, you got to put my, your wallet in my mouth. And then, like, he has the night terrors and he leaves and he goes to, like, a store and he just wrecks the store. And he's, like, wrecking the store and eating all this shit. And then Tim puts his wallet, <laughs> Tim puts Tim's wallet in his mouth and then he wakes up in the store. And the guy from the store makes Tim pay for, like, everything. And Stu's <laughs> like, yeah, you should have paid for it because you didn't protect my night terrors and stuff. It's so funny. I really appreciate being a uh, a British woman, like the deadpan humor of Stu, like he's very sarcastic and very deadpan. It's like very British humor, All the even though it's an calls. American show. All the little calls in this are brilliant. Like such good, like Nick Kroll comedy, little little niggling bits, like mm. flick it in, flick it in, flick it in. It's so great. But they go to this bachelor party and they're the only people there. So it's just Tim, Stu and Rodney and that's it. He was going to have like heaps of strippers and stuff and none of them show up. But they're like, we'll try to have a good time. So they start like dancing and then Rodney like takes his shirt off and gets in a cage and dances. And then they're like, this is fucked. (laughs) This is not right. Like (laughs) you're dancing in a cage for two dudes. So they decide that they're going to like make up stories. They make up like a story for Stu and a story for Rodney about like strippers and stuff. But they're trying to make up a story for Tim. And their like ideas are that like Tim threw up all over himself and went home or Tim pooed his pants. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, let's let's make it a good story for me. And they're like, no, but it goes with your character. Like, it's really like that's something that would happen to you. And he's like, no, look, make it good. Kind of accurate. And they're like, it's accurate. (laughs) Yeah, we're just trying to make it accurate and like believable. So Rodney says, leave it with me. And I'll come up with something. And what Rodney does is he tells the boss of the company that during the party, Tim was... Use the the formatting that they use in the show. Tim was raped by a bum. <laughs> I actually really don't like this storyline at all. <laughs> I think it's really bad. So that's the story that they decide to say about this fantastic night that everybody had, but Tim yeah. was raped by a bum. And then... I think we should just not go into it very much. <laughs> Basically what happens is that nobody... Tim explains to them that that didn't happen at all. But nobody believes him. Like, no one. And then he gets sent to, like... The HR woman. The HR woman. And she's the worst character. She's, like, making jokes about it and shit. Yeah, she's terrible. And then they have to call the police. So so Tim has to go to the police. And then he has, like, a lineup of homeless people. And essentially they're just, like... Tim's like, it's none of these people. And the cops are like, oh, would it help if they took their clothes off? So the homeless people start taking their clothes off and like grabbing him and stuff. It's really terrible. And then they, Tim's just like, n- like they get footage, even though he's been trying to tell people that it didn't happen for the entire episode. Then they get footage of them saying that they're going to make up the stories. And the cops say, well, like you wanted, you just did this for your 15 minutes of fame. And Tim's like, no, like I've been trying to tell people it was fake for ages. And they're just like, well, Either you go on TV and you talk about it or you go to jail. <laughs> on 60 Minutes. And he goes on 60 Minutes and he has to talk about how he was assaulted by a bum. But he doesn't tell his girlfriend until it's on 60 Minutes. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy the episode that much. I really liked the first episode. The second story, I was like, uh, this is like a little bit weird and wrong. Yeah. But like the punchline at the end... When they're watching him on 60 Minutes. What the fuck, Tim? Yeah. And his girlfriend's just like, what the fuck, Tim? He's like, oh, I didn't tell you that story. Like, the the payoff of the episode is good and it's classic and it's... What's the word? Like, it just hits. It, it hits, hits perfectly. It hits. Yeah, you feel good at the end from watching it because of, like, the payoff. But, like, I don't know. Just the whole concept of the episode is, like, a little bit wrong. A lot of them aren't like that. I think yeah. that's like one of the this roughest one is ones. Quite, yeah, this one is like a bit more of a controversial one. Yeah. So another episode. We'll talk about another episode. 
So there is an episode where this is one of my favorite ones actually, where uh, Tim's boss brings his dog to work because, oh, yeah. the, because the dog's sick. <laughs> <laughs> so see, Kate knows. So the dog's sick, uh, and the boss brings it to work, but the dog needs to go to the bathroom. So the boss hides it in a bag, and he's like, "Tim, take the dog, take the dog outside to go to the bathroom, and then bring him back." And he's like, but the dog's not here. Like, I can get in a lot of trouble for the dog being here. So he's not here. So whatever the dog does, you have to take responsibility for or you're fired. Like, if the dog, like, shits in the elevator, you shit in the elevator. Like, whatever the dog does, you did it. So he takes the dog into the elevator. And one of the old women who works there is like, what's in that bag? Like, the bag's growling and moving around and stuff. And then he's like, oh, I'll show you. I'm not supposed to, but I'll show you. And he opens the bag and the dog bites the woman. And then she goes, like, to hospital for a few days. And he has to take responsibility. So he says that he bit the woman. Yeah. And then everybody starts calling him Mad Dog. And everybody <laughs> starts, like, really respecting him around the office because they think he's, like, crazy and unhinged. <laughs> and he feeds it. He loves it. But he's, it. like, the most regular dude. Yeah. And all this crazy shit happens to him. Like, that's the point <laughs> of the whole show. It's, like, this really shit guy, normal guy. Yeah. He gets into these crazy situations, doesn't know how to talk himself out of them. So everything just escalates. And, and nobody's receptive. That is the, the essence of life yeah. and times of Tim. Yeah, and nobody's receptive to it's anything It's genius, man. It is... No one else has done something like this. It's so great. And it's handled so well. And all the storylines, like, like we said, they escalate to places it would never go. Yeah. But all of the steps in between are so accurately believable. Definitely. That it just... It's so brilliant. I really love the show. Another hidden gem. Yeah, everyone go watch it. This one, I know, has an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, you already looked? Yeah. Yeah, from about, yeah, almost 6,000 reviews, 8.1 out of 10. And there is a reason. And, like, the thing is that the storylines are so funny. The way that it escalates is believable enough that it makes sense. You never go, like, oh, that would never happen. Like, you're just in it. You're in it the whole time. But it's not just that. It is the little jokes and the little quips and the little things that they say and how they say them and all the timing. It's mm, mm. so well done, mm. and the animation is terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so shit. It's literally just like almost stick figure like. Like they have actual like arms and legs, but it's just very crudely drawn like heads and eyes. Like the eyes are always like not different sizes, and, like, not yeah. circular, like different like parts of the head, like not yeah. lined up. Everybody's got uh, safety open safety pins as noses. Yeah, yeah. They've like, got like weird nostrils. It is crudely drawn. Yeah, but it's supposed to be like that. It adds to the the whole thing of it. Yeah, it it really works the way yeah. that they've done it. It's Definitely. just like they're quite shit. So the animation is quite shit. But it's so great and so fun to watch. It's not like insulting how bad the animation is at no, all. No, no, it just it goes fits. with it, yeah. If the animation was way better, I don't know if it would hit as hard because Probably the animation not. is not important. It's... The voice acting is brilliant. The jokes are fantastic. The storylines are great. The craziness of it. <laughs> yeah, both of these animations that we've um, reviewed are definitely on the, like, absurd... Ab- I can't even say this word. Absurd. Absurd. Absurd side. Uh, very adult. But yeah, if you like that kind of stuff, adult swimmy kind of stuff, you'll love it. And they're underrated. They're very underrated. In my opinion, both shows are 10 out of 10 shows. Yeah, and they're better than some of the, you know, adult swim shit that is popular. There's more going on, I feel like. There's so much more It's a more bit more complex. Um, so did you want to give a rating to Life and Times of Tim? I said 10. 
Life of Times. You're going ten and ten for both of these. That's shows. why we're doing both these shows. Okay. They are both. This such... is this is Josh's fucking shit right here. Yeah, they're both. You know I'm loving this shit right here. Sorry. What are you doing? <laughs> Singing Limp Biscuit. Oh, that's that's good. <laughs> Mate, Limp Biscuit goes with these two shows. You're not 100 percent wrong. They're not. The the shows are better quality than Limp Biscuit's music, but <laughs> yeah, I I love both these shows. That's why we did them. People wanted more classic stuff and i think like we will cover more classic shows that people know about that people know about but <laughs> this we... one was just a little bit of um josh's um what's that word indulgence well people got to get a vibe for this is josh's indulgent episode i spend a lot of time obviously like our back and forth on this show is that kate loves everything and i hate everything <laughs> and that's not like bit of an opposite this one yeah that's not the case like i look at things from like more of a technical standpoint mm. You have some very niche interests. I do with your yeah, shows, I do. yeah. But there are some things that literally are stuff like this, which is like made for small audiences, which is phenomenal. You've got so much big budget shit, and we covered all this like big budget shit and like all of these things that are like mm. this is for everybody, and like mm. everything's got to have as widespread appeal as possible, and because of that, everything's really like generic and yes. like dumbed down and shit. Yes. But stuff like this is not it's important to talk about yeah it's people making stuff that they think is funny yeah and that's why yeah that not a you know it's not made for a wide audience not everyone's gonna think this is funny not many people probably think these shows are funny but if you watch them and you don't find them funny something is wrong with no (laughs) no that's not true everyone has differences of humor and that's that's just how it is but i think that they deserve more attention yeah you're just like so hipster josh i know i thought before we started going back to like shows that everybody knows Mm. because they're classics because they're great or whatever we need to talk about these shows stuff that we love that feel like hidden gems well i love these ones you can do one of yours (laughs) no i I really like these shows as well but like this is these shows are like 100 percent your jam yeah um so for life and times of tim i gave metal ocalypse an eight i like life and times of tim more but based on the pilot I didn't really like the second story. I'd forgotten that that was what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the first episode. Yeah, so I think I'll go... I have to go higher than Metalocalypse, so I'll go an 8.5. Nice. Good job I can actually say Metalocalypse. Yep, good job. Keep fucking it up. It's They didn't make it easy. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a little bit of an unusual episode where um, Josh is the one loving everything, and um, mm. not that I'm hating anything, but, no, never. you know, I'm but a little we- bit lower... On the ratings? Yeah. Our dynamic is that you like everything, I hate everything. But <laughs> you, I think it's good, good to give people like points at which like I love these things. Yeah. And this course. is why. And yeah. if you watch them, you'll understand why I love them. Mm. You'll get to know Josh more as a person. That's what it's about. <laughs> Reviews are not about like, it's not like we're not robots yeah, being yeah. like, these Everyone's are all the different. reasons why this is good. Kate is just like, I liked it or I didn't like it. Kate goes entirely on feeling mm. and I go a lot on technicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. a lot of the time like, people want to hear us review stuff because they like us <laughs> <laughs> or they agree with us or they disagree with us or whatever. Yeah. But this should give you more of a standpoint on shit that I like. I think that's a really good sum up. Yeah. I think that's where we should um, end our episode. Maybe we'll do one of two of Kate's favorite hidden gem shows. I can't even think about things that I like that are hidden gems, though. I don't even know. Well, not even hidden, just the OC and Gossip Girl. Or... Yeah, but everyone, <laughs> everyone loves that shit. Do they? Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. As we talked about earlier in the podcast, we do have a new video. 
We had to fight the law for this bitch, so you go and watch it. Yeah. Also, you'll really enjoy it. It was really fun to make, and we had a lot of fun. It's quite funny, we think, but... Definitely. I mean, tooting your own horn in that. (laughs) I'm excited for the next one as well. I think the next video is going to be pretty sweet as well. Um, So, yeah, just search Pilot Arrow Podcast on YouTube to watch that. Instagram, Twitter, email. Get on it. Send us some suggestions. Piloterpodcast at gmail.com. They will go in the list. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.